Tim Early Birder and of course Tweet of the Weeker uh, as well. And right, we're well a few interesting bits and pieces start, starting off bits and pieces I should say starting off with this uh, unusual visitor. Some uh, a bird spotted here, which is just a, well a little bit off course by the sound of it. That's absolutely right. It was called a buff-breasted sandpiper, and it was spotted by a brilliant bloke called Mark Pass. He's just moved to the island and uh, is a very experienced birder. And he spotted it on the driving range at, at the golf course at Langness, right next to the haunted house at the Maddock Memorial there. Now, this little chap is about the size of a thrush, but it's got long, long legs. It's a wading bird, as, a, as its name implies, and it should be in Argentina. Now, a bit off course, then. Just uh, just a tad and but they are regulars to britain because their their migration patterns are a bit erratic well not erratic they're a bit crazy they breed in the high high arctic of canada and as i discovered years ago russia and they make two journeys two flights one from their breeding sites to the southern parts of the usa they have a rest there and then they make the second flight around the Caribbean, around the Horn of Brazil, and they fly into the Pampas of Argentina to spend the winter in Argentina. So they breed in places that people never go to, and they overwinter in places that are rarely visited by bird watchers, the Pampas. What happens is that as they go through the Caribbean, the storms that are generated at this time of the year, September, October, are swirling around and they pick these birds up and they start swirling around the storm and the storm tracks across the Atlantic and dumps them in places like the Scillies, the, the Channel Islands, Ireland get quite a few. And we've had six in total ever here in the Isle of Man. Three of them in the last six years. Oh, wow. So he's not a first then, he has been spotted here before, or at least a bird of, of the same species has been spotted here before. Absolutely mm. right. The last one was uh, last year. So we've had two in two years. Uh, it was at the new nature reserve at the Ayers Gravel Pit, the Air Point of Air National Nature Reserve there. And uh, lots of us saw it. But for me, it's a very special bird. Um, I used to live in Guernsey. I lived there for a long time. And in the 1980s, we had a run of them. We had, I think it was 13 over a period of about 10 years. Every time it was in September, um, um, these birds pitched up. And I got to know them very well because they, were, they became almost a regular and then they stopped. But while they, were, while they were regulars, I saw them in flight. We even one day, they're so tame, they're like, uh, you know, you, you've heard of the rarity, mm. rarest animal in the world, and it was, came extinct because it was so trusting. They're a bit like that. We walked up to one dropped a net on it, picked it up, ringed it, put it down again, and it just it's carried on <laughs> carried on feeding away on crane flies, it, uh, daddy long legs and so on. So it's, uh, it, it's a rather special bird. And I'd seen them in flight, and as they fly, they flash. A, they've got white underwings, and this catches the light. And, and as they're flying, they flash. It's quite distinctive. In, in 93, I went on uh, an expedition to eastern Siberia and we were being flown around in a helicopter 
And we persuaded the helicopter pilot one day to go out to Wrangell Island, which is an, a big island off the, um, off the coast of Siberia. And we got, we got there, we, we checked in with the, the mayor of the local town and started walking up a hill looking for birds. We didn't know what to find there. We were the very first tourists ever to go to Wrangell. Um, the only reason we could go was because of Glasnost and the fact that the, the USSR had come to pieces. And as we were walking up this hill, I was with some very experienced birders. I wasn't, uh, I'm, I'm not now a, a particularly uh, experienced birder, not like people like Mike, Mark Pass or, or some of the other birders over here. But I saw this bird flying around, flashing white. And I said to the guys, I said, that's a buff-breasted sandpiper. And they looked at me, the dude of the group, and they said, well, how do you know that? And I said, oh, I've seen one or two. I'm sure it is. And we hiked two miles to get to where this bird was flying around and we could see it. And it was part of a lek. It was a, a male. Uh, and the males gather to dance uh, in these very, very remote places, high tundra. And they do this extraordinary dance where they lift their wings up and dance around each other. Meanwhile, in the grass surrounding the area where they're lecking, there are females having a good poke around. Which one's the prettiest? Which one do I fancy? And after a little while, when they get really excited, these males, the females come in and they choose a mate and off they go into the, into the long grass, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, a few days later, the next brood of of um, buff-breasted sandpipers sees the world. So we got up there and we saw these birds lecking. I mean, it's an extremely uncommon bird, a really difficult bird to find. And it, there it was doing its its wonderful displays, display flights and this, this lecking dance. So it, it, I thought, this is fantastic. And the guy said, wow. Cool, you've you, know, you found us a really good one there. So I was I was quite chuffed to be a hero for once, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, off we went. So I, I'd seen them in Guernsey. I'd seen them uh, lecking in the northern parts of of uh, the tundra. Mm -hmm. In it, I suppose it might even have been a, a new record for Russia. Uh, these birds normally n nest in North America. But the, this particular lek had drifted across the Bering Straits and into, into Wrangell Island. So it might have been even a first for Russia. Um, I was leading a tour to Canada a few years later, and I found one on a beach in Canada. Um, so it, it, it became a really special bird for me. And uh, uh, last year, when I saw the one in the airs, I was absolutely cock-a-hoop to, to put it onto my onto my sightings for the Isle of Man. And then this year, this one was even better because it was, uh, the, the one at the airs was difficult to see. It was quite a long way away. You needed high powered telescopes, but this one was just running around on the practice, practice field there. And what a treat that was. We had about, uh, I suppose, 12, 15 people managed to get there before it was finally spooked by a, um, a passing sparrowhawk and mm. it pushed off somewhere and hasn't been seen since. since. So but, I mean, uh, suppose the million dollar question is then, what do you think will happen to it? Will it sort of stop off here, rest, feed and, and move on? Will it be able to find its way to its, its proper grounds? 
I don't think anybody knows the answer to that. Uh, only a few have ever been ringed. And you need to ring probably a couple of hundred birds before you stand a chance of getting a recovery. If anybody finds a bird with a ring on it, please let us know because it's a very low rate of recovery. But I like to think that they've been seen migrating with dunlin, uh, flocks of dunlin that are uh, over winter here and further south, and they've been seen migrating with them. And they migrate right up into the high tundra. Well, if you think of your fist as the world, and you, you look at the first knuckle on your fist, the, the circumference around your first knuckle is very short, whereas around the middle of the world, it's 44,000 miles or whatever it is. So by the time they get up to the, the very top of the world, it's not far um, for them to move round and maybe f find the area that they were hatched in and, and rejoin others of their kind. And that's what I like to think has happened to them. I hate to think of them wandering around the world lost forevermore <laughs> simply because they've been ripped off course by a hurricane. Um, so f for me, uh, they go up north and, and I hope find their pals. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. just, just finally on this one, do you think... You think sort of global warming means that we're more likely to see occurrences like this with sort of more seemingly more storms brewing and things coming across the Atlantic and across Australasia and across, you know, we're seeing flooding, we're seeing more storm, we're seeing more unusual weather activity. Do you think this could lead to more unusual sightings like this? It is, it is already leading to more unusual sightings. I think this year um, the bird watchers in Britain have seen more what are known as yanks than, uh, than any other year in history, I think. Yanks are American birds that migrate from North America to South America. And like the buff-breasted sandpiper, which is a yank, uh, they get yanked across the, uh, the Atlantic and, and dropped here. So all sorts of American warblers, um, uh, some of their wading birds have, have turned up here in increasing numbers. And that's undoubtedly due to the increasing strength of the storms that come across here now. Fascinating, but not the only fascinating thing in the bird world of late, because uh, kingfish, you say, a bird I love. I've only seen once or twice over here, uh, more often on where I'm going next week, on the canals, but uh, some spottings? Yes. Yeah, we've been very lucky. We, we normally get one or two um, in the Isle of Man for the winter, and I think occasionally they even stop and breed here, but the, there aren't very many nesting sites for them. They need uh, banks with that you can bore holes mm. into, and and our rivers don't don't tend to have the the right habitat for nesting. But they do come over here for the winter, and as I say, normally one or two. Uh, Peel's a good place, and Ramsey's another. However, this year we've had I think at least four different individuals recorded wow. um, around the island, and one of them has taken up residence in Castletown Harbour, and is causing quite a stir. Um, people going past on the buses are now looking down at a row of mostly men, but there are a few women as well with big lenses trying to photograph the the kingfisher that's in in Castletown Harbour, and it is being sighted daily. It's uh, it's a regular there. Uh, the the new flood defence wall 
is ideal for leaning on and looking over without disturbing the bird. It's almost like a, a kingfisher bird hide. <laughs> um, so these, these people are going trying to, and succeeding in getting phenomenal photographs of this thing. Um, but people trying to see it who, who aren't regular bird watchers are getting a little bit disappointed because kingfishers are tiny little birds. They're smaller than a starling. Um, and people are expecting, because all these photographs fill the screen with, with the bird, they're expecting something three feet high. Uh, they're also expecting to see a blue bird. And if, the, if a kingfisher is facing you, it's orange. The whole of the front of it is orange. As it flies away, you get this iridescent blue flash, yeah, which is... I'm familiar with that flash yeah, of blue. Yeah. It's that streak down the back. Yeah. And this one, as it flies from one perch to another shows the blue flash but if it's facing people it's tiny orange and they think where on earth is it where is it but that's what they've got to look out for it's best to take binoculars but do people should really go down and have a go at seeing it because it's regular enough that if you put in a couple of a, a couple of attempts you might be lucky first time um, but you'll certainly see it uh, if you if you put in a, a few minutes of observation take the binoculars <laughs> it likes to perch on the ropes of, of um, the ship the boats in the harbour uh, the mooring ropes and it also perches on the rungs of the the ladders going down the side of the harbour so the th the places to look for are the ladders and the ropes and look out for this little orange blob get your binoculars on it and wait. hey presto you might see your very first kingfisher wow they are, that, that would be great they are beautiful little things like i said the last time i saw them around here there was one not recently but a year or so back there were a lot of people exactly the same probably the same folk with the long lenses just down the road here on lee terrace by the river going to the nunnery and i think there's one down there oh yes mm. that's lee terrace is is one of the four sites on the island where they're seen regularly and people get very good pictures there because they're perching on trees and so on and it's such a natural picture to get a, a, a kingfisher perched on a on a branch it it's just looks perfect um perched on a on a ladder down the side of the harbour isn't quite as romantic <laughs> but still it's still good to see so lee terrace is one um if you go to the the kipper smoking place mm -hmm. uh, in peel the little bit of the neb there at the end you can often see one on the far side of the river that you can't get to on the concrete sides of the the, the river there and ramsey's a ramsey's the fourth place I don't, i'm not quite sure whereabouts at ramsey but it's somewhere it'll be somewhere along the river uh, going into ramsey harbour lovely so look out for the kingfisher beautiful little bit yeah. it's so yeah. exotic looking uh, however uh, speaking of exotic there's also been masses of i believe field fairs field fairs and red wings oh what a sight yesterday. Um, the, the calf recorded, I think it was f about 5,400 red wings passing through the calf during the day. Um, and I can't remember the number of field fare, but it was something in the order of 2,000 field fare. And these birds were also seen at the sound. It was, it was awful weather and they were sheltering um, just behind the sound there in fields huge numbers of them 2,000 in one field behind uh, wow. just behind the, so the sound uh, other people have seen them at scarlet migrating through scarlet 
So it's uh, oh, and Peel, Peel Hill was um, was pulling Red Wing and Field Fair yesterday morning. Huge numbers. Um, people don't realise, but when birds migrate, they have pretty set routes that they take. And normally, uh, if you go to places on those routes, you can see them. So if you go to Peel Hill or down to Craig Niche, you'll see migrating birds regularly. Um, but what, what's, what happened yesterday was that there was a massive influx of them into Britain. There was a report from the Sefton coast, which I think is very close to Liverpool. They had 122,600 uh, Red Wings, and 19,000 field fare on this one site going past them. They just sat there counting them all day long as these birds flooded through. So it was a, a, an amazing uh, phenomenon. Spectacle, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Almost, almost certainly due to the fact that this very strong storm yesterday had picked them up and whirled them round. They do come down from Scandinavia in large numbers. And you have to remember that the northern parts of Scandinavia are massive. They don't look so big on the map, but they're massive areas, absolutely wild birch forests, lots of rowan trees and so on. And that's where these birds breed in huge numbers. But once the, they've stripped the, the berries off the trees in Scandinavia, they're starving. And then in October, November, they migrate down into Britain and even further down into France and so on, looking for food. And then those that survive the winter go back up to Scandinavia to breed. Um, I think there are a few red wing breeding in the north of Scotland, but very, very few. So it was a, it was a phenomenal sight for these what... They, they call it visual migration watching. They just sit in chairs in places known to be migration routes and they count stuff going over. So it was a big day yesterday. They had a great time on the calf. Apparently at one time there were 2,000 field fairs on the field in front of the calf bird observatory, wow. which was quite phenomenal. Really exciting. <laughs>